hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of No Funk and Strictly Munkin, the only podcast where if it owned a motel instead of no dogs, it would be no funkin'. We're really just the bottom of the barrel is getting scraped. I'm your co-host, Jay Christie, joined as always by Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? <clears throat> the barrel is the floor. Uh, yeah, I'm good, man. Uh, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk to you about Mr. Monk Joins Group Therapy, which is an yeah, episode. Ghost to Group Therapy. Sorry, Ghost to Group Therapy. My apologies. It's an episode that only exists because our healthcare system is a scourge. That is always fun to think about. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not fun to think about, but I get what you're saying. I'm being sarcastic, but yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, Want to tell the audience about my mustache? Uh, I wasn't planning on it. He has a mustache now. Um, and he has like, a little soul patch underneath it. Um, yeah, I'm doing the Inigo Montoya. That is kind of what the vibe is. Um, I don't yeah. believe that I killed your father, but... I am prepared to die. Um, okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, stay ready for anything. Um, yeah. But anyway, we, this episode starts off with uh, a subject near and dear to any Angelino's heart, a drought. Um, did you get, like, you know, flashbacks of any kind? Like, you know, you feel that in your bones? I don't know if I ever, like, remember, like, there being, like, that serious of a drought. I mean, there's always kind of, like, a... Uh, there's always a mild like, drought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... No, but I actually thought you were going to make a Lil Wayne reference, so... I was considering it, actually. I actually... The reason I didn't is because I knew the eye roll I would get from you would be so powerful. Um, Well, hopefully it'd be powerful enough to uh, offset the drought. But anyways, uh, yeah, no, no, not really with droughts uh, here. Um, I mean, there are droughts that are all the time, it's just you don't have a story specifically. Yeah, yeah, I don't really have anything like that. Yeah, for sure. There's a famous story in my family where my we always would make fun of my dad's anxieties the, by talking about he's worried about the drought. Like, that's, like, the stand-in. Because, allegedly, this, I wasn't, like, old enough, and I don't think I was in the car because I was, too, like, you know, two years old. But, allegedly, when my mom and dad were en route to the hospital after my cousin was born, my dad's Before sister... Before after you. But after. A couple years after me. But I wasn't at that. I think because it was like, you know, going to the hospital and it's like two that would be irresponsible mm-hmm. to bring me there. Um, mm-hmm. And on the way there, they had to pass the reservoir in town. And allegedly, my dad, en route to meet his niece, his sister just gave birth. He was like, I don't know, man, the water's, I think we're have a drought. The water's getting pretty low. <laughs> He's that anxious that he was just freaking out about the drought. When he was in New York? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, anywhere can have a drought. It's just, like, a question. But it just, you know, and so literally anytime, anytime we would go by that reservoir, we'd say it. And now, like, we're going back on vacation visiting people. Like, the last time I was up there with them, we drove down that street. We're like, hey, how's the water looking, Dad? You know, so droughts are near dear to my heart. Anyway, there's a lady. She's in the tub, Barbara. She's taking yeah. her third bath, even though it's a drought. She's being really shitty. Um, actually, that's less wasteful than taking a shower. That's true, but would you take... No, it isn't. I actually don't think that that's true. I thought that... I've it is seen... true. The bath that is... is true. I'll look this up. I don't think you're right. I think I'm fucking Uses more dead water, on. a ba- shower, or bath. Let's see. Uh, usually, the shower will use less. People use 30 gallons of water for a bath, um, but this in a standard shower head only uses 2.5 gallons per minute. So, you'd have to take Spend a shower. how long you take a shower. I okay, take 20 sure. 20-minute showers. Okay, well, in that case, then yes. Uh, I definitely don't, so... Um, I mean, if you take less than that, like, how do you even get your whole body clean? What do you mean? I take probably a 10-minute shower. Ask yourself that. Ask, ask yourself I, that. I get my body clean because I clean every part of my body. I don't know. I don't have that. I honestly don't know. I don't, I don't know. I couldn't take a longer shower unless I just did lolly, lollygagged in it. I'm not, like, I don't know. Well, okay. Also, a lot of it is, like, I know my hair's been longer, but you do spend more time, like, Shampooing yeah, I need to get a haircut hair. because it's now getting to the point where I have to do all that stuff and I don't want to, so I gotta get a haircut. Um, anyways. Anyways. But anyway, she's taking her third bath, which is still, she also, she has a big tub too. Like, that's not a, that's a bigger tub than normal, so. Yeah, alright, fine. Um, More, but, but yeah, she should be taking a third bath for pleasure during a drought. <laughs> no, 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 of course. I missed, the, I missed the whole part where she talked about taking her third bath. Oh, She definitely yeah. deserved to die. Yeah. So, and apparently, like, Dr. Bell, her therapist, said you know, to do it, which I don't know if I believe, but the, her mom was just on the phone with, ask if he's cute, and I'd ask you, is Dr. Bell cute? I mean, he's cuter than Dr. Kroger. Previously? Kroger, Kroger, yeah. Oh, I agree. God, my bad. Um, so, um, and, and, and he wears, like, he's more fit, you know, he yes. wears, like, certain clothing later on. 
he's, mm-hmm. he's yeah, out. you know, he's for he for a older man. Like I think there's a reason why. Like you know, you gotta be a certain a certain like, shape in. Like when he ends up with Julie Andrews in the Princess Diaries films, it's like yeah, that makes sense. You know, they're both you know well put together older people. Um, yeah, and he's got that Latin swag going. I don't know. Is he Cuban? Um, I I would Puerto guess. Rican? I don't know. I mean, I I can look this up. Uh, he's Puerto Rican. He's Puerto, Puerto Rican. Rican. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shouts to any Puerto Rican listeners. Anyway, uh, there's an intruder in the house, um, and uh, she's trying to stop him from getting in the bathroom. And we don't see what happens. We just cut to the pool guy coming. Uh, he sees a cat and he says "Hola gato," um, which means "Hello cat." Um, mm-hmm. You knew that. Yeah. And uh, then he finds something in the pool, and it's uh, something an unwelcome sight, uh, even worse than a turd. Yeah, yeah we see. Barbara face down in the pool, and uh, yeah, she's dead, as we all yeah. assumed. So, then we, we cut to the theme song, then Natalie's bringing in Monk's mail, and Monk wants her to throw it all away, you know? Um, which is not a great way, it's not a really great way to live your life. Uh, ignoring your mail will get you uh, sent to collections agencies, um, and I don't recommend Yeah, um... Luckily for him, he served jury duty not too long ago, so I don't think he has to worry about getting a summons mm-hmm. in this case. Yeah. And so we also learned that Monk ran the dishwasher the night before. Not that irresponsible, because running the dishwasher uses less water than washing dishes by hands. Um, mm-hmm. But he ran it for just one dish. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a horrible thing to do. Uh, and I'll say I really fucking miss having a dishwasher. That's like the one yeah. thing. So do I. Uh, cause, cause now, now, like you know, we have an updated apartment, mm-hmm. but uh, in lieu of the dishwasher, the laundry machine is where it should be. Oh, okay, so you have a laundry. You have a laundry in your apartment. Yeah. So yeah. there's like you know. It's trade off. The thing I hate about not having a dishwasher is just like, especially living with roommates, is that I don't. I did, when I'm d- done eating dinner, the last thing I want to do. Is it immediately have to clean everything up? Like, there's just nowhere to put it, though. I can't just leave it in the sink. That's rude, anyway. So dishwashers are great. You gotta soak it. I mean, no, you actually don't need to soak it. Like, that's the thing. Like, that's a lie we all tell ourselves, and I'm fine to tell it if I need to. But we, if we're being honest with each other, no, we don't. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not, okay. if you're having, like, fucking spaghetti or, like, curry, like, you, I mean, if you don't it immediately depends. wash is what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. I, what I usually do is, if, I, if I'm having, like, spaghetti, I'll throw the pot in the sink while I'm before I eat and then just rinse down the sides to make sure nothing gets stuck and then I'll wash it later anyway yeah so uh we learned the reservoir is almost empty anyway uh Natalie gets a piece of mail it is from his uh HMO um which is you never want mail from them she's like what do you think what if it's good news and he's like it's never good news um yeah what are they gonna tell you you want a free colonoscopy mm-hmm. I like that um, I mean, which, you know, colonoscopies cost money. Like, they do. It. Like, I guess. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I, although I can't imagine Monk ever consenting to getting a camera up his butt. Yeah, good point. Yeah, um, my guy's definitely, like, you know, definitely not doing all the regular medical things he needs to do. Uh, like, and he, there's no way he's ever gotten his prostate checked. Um, <laughs> they're just, he's just... God, you know it'd be crazy if, like, the last episode we just find out he's riddled with cancer? Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Monk uh, gets his prostate check. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's got a nice uh, ring to it. I know, that's the great thing about the episode titles, is that, you know, anything can be an episode title if you just describe what's, what happens in the episode. Um, but anyway, they're putting a cap on his sessions at 2,000, which... Is which a is a really weird way to like. It is. I don't from, think. But from your from your lifetime, like, what what happens if he switches insurance? Is that like? Yeah. I well, I, exactly. Um, I imagine he's probably on some type of police like pension type deal. Um, uh, Makes sense. Because if he's buying it in the open market, then he could just switch. But if he's buying it in the open market, he's also spending a ton of money. Um, because you know, healthcare that's not. Is better. Well, yeah, because it's a nightmare uh, if you are self-employed. Um. And so we learned that he's gone, since he's gone four times a week, and he did the math. I do like the way where it's uh, 1964, 1965. It's like, oh, you've been going to therapy that long? It's like, no, that's the amount of sessions. Yeah, no. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I guess, I don't know, I'd have to do the numbers, but I would actually th- think it would have been more, to be quite honest. I don't know why. I let me actually, let me do some, I can do some quick math. So it's four times a week, and uh, so well, let's. we know it's 1999 divided by four. That's 499 weeks 
divided by 52. It's nine years. So that actually makes sense. It's nine and a half years. And he says he's been going to therapy for 10 years. So if we assume that he didn't go, that ah. actually makes sense. That actually works. Wow. Good job, guys. Okay. You uh, did the math correctly. Um, and uh, so he has, like I said, one so he session. only has one. He, yeah, he has, he has one, one session, session left. left. So you, you better milk the fuck out of that session. Yeah. Um, and uh, so Monk does, he goes to the session. He doesn't want small talk. He wants big talk, big fast talk, um, and uh, he eventually reveals to uh, that he gives Doctor Bell the letter and he tells him, you know, that this is the last session. And Doctor Bell points out, no, 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 it's the last they'll reimburse you for. You know, he can pay out of pocket. Yeah, uh, the slight problem with that is he's two hundred dollars a session, which I can't tell if that's on the high end. It's or... I don't know because the year and San Francisco. But because I am a beacon of transparency, I can tell you I pay out of pocket for therapy because my therapist doesn't take insurance because that's a whole nightmare. Um, Damn. Well, I mean, it's the thing is I was paying uh, like eighty dollars with insurance and I pay one hundred and forty without, um, which is obviously a lot. Okay. But the difference is like I can understand why she didn't because it's like what it's not like doing the customer that much good and she was like you know getting screwed on it, um, and so uh, yeah. But New York's therapy is also super expensive, um, so I really don't know. Um, I also don't go four times a week, um, and so, uh, you know, it's, uh, but also, like, I, you know, it's 200, I, th- I would think they could have gone higher, I would have believed higher, is what I'll say. Yeah, yeah, same here, I, I mean, I know that the, the dot-com, uh, boom hadn't quite got, no, at this point it has. It had. So, yeah, never mind then. Yeah. And so Monk made a list of problems, and like Monk is wont to do, he didn't just write them on a piece of paper, what, where, how did he compile the list? On post-its. No, on index cards is the phrase you're looking for. Oh, but. index, yeah, sorry, index cards, as he's wont to do. Yeah, exactly, like when he put the ones of swear words. You guys want to hear some swear words? <laughs> or some jokes? Didn't he have jokes on there, too? Yeah, well, th- th- that was when he went on the radio show. You guys hear about the hippie who gave his dog fleas? <laughs> <laughs> you ever hear about, have you seen Stevie Wonder's new piano? Uh, No. Neither has he. Well, okay, one last joke about this. Yeah, you know what uh, you call uh, Stevie Wonder and Helen Keller playing uh, tennis? No. Endless love. Anyway, um, so... Uh, <laughs> That's fucking good. Holy I know, I was shit. big into Helen Keller jokes back in the day, as you might imagine. Um, oh, God, yeah. yeah. We all had that. Because the thing is, I think that, like, with our age difference, I think that the internet was much more was more organized when I was coming up. It's when I was, like, 11... You could do. It was very easy to find, you know, Helen Keller jokes, dead baby jokes, etc. And when you're 11, those are the funniest things in the whole world. I mean, uh, you know, um, the Helen Keller jokes I think are they're mean, but they're still funny. The dead baby jokes genuinely are like. There's some stuff where you look back at stuff you thought was funny when you were younger, and you're like, oh, that's bad. I shouldn't have said that. And some stuff you're like, oh, that's just not funny at all. What was wrong with me? And those are definitely in that uh, case. Anyway, he's first off fear of a dis- of disappointing his father. Yeah, you know, that's, that's a tough one. I, I, I can <clears throat> understand that. Uh, but then, I mean, we're not going to get into each one, right? No, no I'm just going to rattle through them. List them. Okay, yeah, yeah, germophobia, yeah. sibling rivalry, which is weird. Why does he feel rival? Like, Ambrose is kind of a, you know, he's a mess. Yeah, but he's got a house at least. Yeah, but he, he inherited it, though. It's not like he paid for it. I mean, come on. Um, well, I'm sure there's something there, like, that he inherited and Monk didn't. That is true. Um, and... Uh, He's death like, I can't, mother. well, first he's like, and then he's like, I can't have 10 years of therapy with nothing to show for it. The death of my mother, uh, fear of heights, fear of being a fear itself. And then they go to claustrophobia. And what's Dr. Bell's advice? Uh, he suggests, you know, this the visualization thing, mm-hmm. right? Where you, whenever you're in a space where you feel trapped, you imagine a door. Um, and then you imagine a key if for whatever reason the door doesn't open and Monk tells him that it didn't work because he did that once and the key didn't fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then this is the second time in a row that this phrase is going to be used in an episode of the show. Then he says, what if it was a skeleton key? Was that used in the last... Because you referenced that it was a movie that made you scared of voodoo. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep. Um, yeah, skeleton key, good. Um, and so after that, they get to... Well, this is where he realizes the loophole. Uh, Dr. Bell realizes the loophole in the HMO thing. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, the loophole being that um, 
he would still be covered for attending group therapy sessions. And, exactly. of course, Monk doesn't want to do that because he's a very particular person and, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and he says specifically, they don't like me. And it's like, how do you know that? You know, Monk knows. Yeah, I mean, who would like him if you just, like, met him off mm-hmm. the street, to be honest? Although, in comparison to Harold Crenshaw, I honestly think Monk is, like, at least Monk, I think, has better intent. I don't know if he has better intentions. He just, I think Harold Crenshaw just sucks, even be- outside of his phobias and issues. Harold Crenshaw seems like a worse person, but anyway. Um, then Harold Monk goes back. 200k a year, baby. That is true. Then he goes back to his fears. Fear of bees, fear of blenders, and then fear of bees and blenders. Which, you know, I feel like the bees would get chopped up by the blender, so that actually wouldn't be that bad. Uh, yeah, I would think so, too. Um, I mean, fear of drinking whatever comes out of there, that might be a different thing. Yeah, I don't know, because the thing is, it's not going to taste like honey, honey. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, we then cut to the group therapy. Uh, actually, no, sorry, that's not, we don't cut to that. We cut to Monk's trying to get gorilla therapy from Dr. Bell. Yeah, um... <laughs> Him and Nellie are posted up behind a bush, uh, stalking Dr. Bell as he goes on his morning uh, bike ride. Mm-hmm. And uh, have you ever been on a tandem bike? I have not been on a tandem bike, no. Uh, it's fucking scary, dude. Yeah, honestly. it feels like, like, I don't, yeah, I it, it feels like, um, just like, I, I don't know if I can rely on someone else to be bad. Like, yeah, it just, I don't, yeah, it feels like the tr- a trust fall in a moving vehicle. Um yeah, it's it's just like you're higher up, uh, like I, the elevation is higher, and um, you're only feeling control if you're in the front. And I've only been on the tandem tandem bike like in the back, mm-hmm. so you're really just pedaling and just hoping to God that the person in front yeah. of you knows what the fuck they're doing. Exactly. Like and said. in fairness, though, I think that in, if I'm in that situation, I'm always gonna know less than the person in front of me. I just you know, I I am not. You don't know how to ride a bike. I do know how to ride a bike. I just am not particularly great at it <laughs> like it's i'm just i'm not beyond like the simple you know going around in a circle in a flat it's just uh not something like in new york city i've never done it because i don't trust myself to uh navigate the traffic um how about scooters scooters uh i never i've just never really been a place where i could own one and i'm not gonna do a thing where you can rent them uh just because it's just like feel, the electric ones that you use like out of the street they don't really have that many in manhattan and stuff and also it's like the thing with Unless I were to be, like, going into the city from Queens into Manhattan, I suppose, obviously, I could, if, if people do take bikes in, I suppose I could take a scooter, but, like, that just feels like too long of a distance. I'd rather just take the subway. And if I'm going to take the subway somewhere, I'm going to take the subway to a stop that's, like, five minutes away. You know, it's, like, it's just not really in. I could if okay. I wanted to, but I don't really feel like it that much. It doesn't actually make that big of a difference in my life. Anyway, um, so he's talk, trying to get therapy from Bell on the bike, um, and, uh... He's like, no, I can't do this now. Just join my group. And uh, Natalie and Monk, like you mentioned, it's dangerous on a tandem bike. They fall over, and that's when Monk decides, okay, I got to join his group. Yeah, uh, exactly. So we cut to group therapy, and we're introduced to the <clears throat> motley crew of, uh, of people that attend, mm-hmm. uh, including Rhonda, who just basically seems like Monk, kind of. Like, she's just as mean to, like, strangers mm-hmm. yeah. in a way. Just the same way. Uh-huh. And Augie, who seems all right, mm-hmm. but he feels the need to tell everybody whatever he's thinking mm-hmm. at any moment in yeah. time. And so, uh, you know, Monk gets, he enters, um, and Rhonda's really mad because apparently they didn't ask for their permission. Um, and of course, you know, Dr. Bell's like, you don't need to ask permission because uh, this is my therapy. And then we see that Harold's there, and um, he's like, I don't feel threatened in the slightest. We, uh, we can work with Nevin together. And of course, this is quickly... A thing where he's like, oh, uh, these calls on call Nevin. Nevin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he reaches out his hand for a handshake. Yeah. And, you know, Monk says that he can definitely do it if he wants to. And so he does. And immediately pulls out the wipe. And I think I think what they're trying to say is that Harold is the same way. Exactly. Right? He's pretending he's like he's pretending. only doing it to make fun of Monk. But he's actually doing right. it. Which is a good joke. I like that joke. Yeah, yeah. I did like that, too. Um, and so... Yeah, right after that, basically, Monk uh, takes a seat uh, yeah. close to Barbara, and she... No, it's close out. to uh, Rhonda. Or, yeah, sorry, Rhonda. Um, it's these names that end in A's. Um, and so she flips out because, according... I mean, because Barbara used to sit there, the girl from the first part of the episode. Yeah. 
so now we know that she was attending group therapy, not individual sessions mm-hmm. with Dr. Bell. Not that yeah. that matters. And so, yeah, so the monk learns that someone just died. Um, Three weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, then Harold reveals that he says that he's cured his claustrophobia, um, which I, I mean, I get, I get Dr. Bell's, I guess, style, but like, that just is like, so not therapy language to ever tell you, you, the idea of someone coming in and saying that they were cured of a phobia they had is like, so anti-therapy, if that makes sense. Like, it just is not the way you'd ever talk about that. You know what I mean? Like, you never say... And obviously Harold's full of shit, but it's kind of like, I just, it's like, why does Dr. Bell just let him say that and not be like, even if he's just gently like, oh, uh, are you sure? You know, uh, we never really get over our fears entirely, you know, uh, you're yeah. doing better though. Yeah. It's like people saying, you know, a real bad alcoholic saying that they've been cured of their alcoholism. Exactly. You know, my friend, that is a lifetime battle. Exactly. Like I've gotten in the things I've gotten to therapy for, I've struggled with, I've improved on quite a bit, but there's nothing that I'm completely... 100% back to normal on because that's just not how the human mind works and anyway so he talks about how he'd use the visualization and he says Dr. B you're God and then he says thank you in I feels like every single language that is at the end of It's a Small World but I can't be sure oh yeah yeah danke merci beaucoup spasibo I don't know the or he does Vietnamese and Chinese yeah it is just a bunch that's why I use the It's yeah. a Small World thing that's for all my uh, real Disney World heads um, I see you. Um, this is not a podcast for Disney World fans. That's well. Then why am I on it? Are you a Disney World fan? Of course I am. Yeah, baby. I grew up in Florida. I would go at least. I go probably one and a half times a year when I live down there, baby. Grow the fuck up, man. No, you grow the fuck up. It's the happiest place I on did. earth. You don't. You know what my older brother did last night. Him and his girlfriend. This since they have season passes because they live in Orlando. Went to Epcot, did the drinking on the world, got like shit faced on a bunch of different countries alcohol, and then came home just on a Wednesday night because they felt like it. Well, you know what? If I lived in Orlando, I'd probably do the same fucking thing. Yeah, it's great. Um. Yeah, anyway. Sure. So uh, then uh, Harold is kind of like you know talking shit to Monk, saying you know you should have your assistant visualize it. Yeah. Um. And basically. They start to get into, like, this whole thing where they call out Monk for being able to have an assistant. And you know what, Harold? You get paid 200000 a year. If you want to hire an assistant... He probably I'm does sure have an assistant. Because we met the other city councilwoman, and she has an assistant. Right, but we don't know that for a fact. Well, no, no, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like, clearly, if you were a city councilor, you could have someone who works for you. Like, that's just... Yeah, yeah, he's just being disingenuous. Is that how that works? I mean, I assume you probably could. I, like... Because the woman... Remember the pregnant woman with the urine... She was an assistant, basically. Yeah, but she... I mean... Okay, but is that his main job? I thought he had a different job. I mean, he might have a different job, but we don't know... What about the woman who was also a city councilor? Like, I don't... I don't think they're like, well, you're a city councilor, but you also do something else, so therefore you don't get to have an assistant. Like, why would they do that? Uh, Like, clearly it's in the budget for people who are in city council to have assistants. So anyway, I just can't imagine that they wouldn't. Anyway, so, you know... Bell says that he's a real hero, etc. And then, um, you know, Rhonda says uh, Barbara was the lucky one. Or is it Agu oh, he says? It doesn't actually matter. Um, but then they talk about how, you know, uh, Harold is, I mean, that, um, they just go back and forth about who's jealous of who. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, you, you just know that this is going to keep going this whole fucking episode, so I'm not looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like that Monk... Uh, does say that he remembers the first day that he met Harold, and he refers to it as Black Tuesday. Yeah. And then this is when Harold brings up that he makes $10,000 a year. Monk says he makes $2 million, which obviously he doesn't. Um, and then Harold says something, which I think is very true. Uh, my success is killing you. I'm on the city council. People voted for me. But Monk responds, yeah, people who don't know you. <laughs> and then he, I love what he does with Dr. Bell. <laughs> yeah, he's like, that's a no. Because, um, yeah, it, it, I... I Go. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, he asked everybody like if they voted for him, and I think Rhonda straight up says that she didn't. And we, Dr. Bell lives in his district, and Dr. Bell's like, you know, I can't say you. And he's like, that's a no. And then he, Monk says a phrase you never thought he'd say. He says, Nevin didn't vote for you. Suck on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did like that a lot. Uh, yeah, great, great moment. And uh, and it, it kind of like peters off from Well, and then, uh, then there's a great exchange where... Uh, Harold says, I'm going to rezone your whole neighborhood. I'm going to put a KFC, a Kentucky Fried Chicken, on your roof. And then Monk says, I'm gonna, you should rezone your neuroses. And then 
Dr. Bell gets him to stop and sit down. And then we cut to uh, the supermarket where Monk is yeah. getting essential supplies. Yeah, he's buying like fucking <clears throat> 20 bottles of Windex mm-hmm. and uh, and he's being a grouch. Now he's asking him how the session went and, you know, he's not happy with it because it's just a bunch of people talking about their problems, which, yeah, that's kind of the fucking point. But he's mad that they're uh, not talking about his problems. Yeah, he could care less about everybody else's problems, which is, you know, not great. Um, and then, of course, <clears throat> um, Harold shows up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he shows up right behind them and he starts, you know, his whole act. And Natalie's like, are you stalking us? Uh, you know, and no, no, I'm sorry. Harold bl- a- accuses them of stalking him, mm-hmm. and now he's like, No, we were here first, we're like in line, blah blah blah. And he's like, Why are you here? And basically, it's the grocery store is right across the street, so you know what? Maybe he's not stalking yeah. them, but he probably is. Yeah, and so then they see though Xavier Denko, who used to be in the group, but he left uh five weeks ago. He was obsessed with an exotic dancer. Um, and, uh, We've all been there. Exactly. I didn't. Uh, what's his face uh, have a you know hit song about that? Who's who did I'm in love with T-Pain? the stripper? Yeah, that was T-Pain. T- I thought it was T Pain. Um, uh, yeah. Shouts to T Pain. Shouts to Tallahassee Pain. Um, I was gonna say yeah. Shouts to your fellow Florida boy. You're damn. You're goddamn right, man. T Pain. The, the pain of Tallahassee. I've yeah. only been to Tallahassee once. It didn't seem <laughs> that painful. Um, but as as he wears a Cleveland shirt. Yeah, I mean, I'm wearing a Chetty Osmond jersey. Don't don't get it twisted. Um, Shouts to Turkey. Uh, yeah, North exactly. Macedonia. Well, he's from Sorry. North Macedonia, but he's uh, Turkish nationally. So um, correct. Yes. Anyway, uh, they say that he got better, etc. And then Monk gets in an argument, which Monk is definitely in the wrong. He says he's in the twelve items or less line. Which one? I'll say that my tenth grade English teacher always would tell us, you know, to remember that it should be te- twelve items or fewer. Which is why she loved public stores, because they say fewer. Um, but Monk's argument is that he has 20 bottles of Windex, which is all one item. And in this case, Monk is incredibly wrong. Yeah, no, it's... I just don't know how you can possibly uh, think you're right in this. But anyways, he's... Yeah. Uh, so Harold, you know, dimes him out to the cashier, and the cashier, you know, corrects him that, yeah, that's correct. So Natalie comes up with the natural solution of paying for half of them to keep them... Uh, you know, copacetic. Exactly. Um, and so, uh, you know, Monk is, uh, well, Harold mentions, you know, that he's just trying to get Monk to quit and that makes Monk want to go because it's like, well, I'm not going to quit now because you want me to not be there. So I'll see you Thursday, buddy. You know? Uh, yep. And then we cut to, uh, like the old, the classic body on the floor, uh, excuse me, uh, you know, on the ground. Um, and, uh, drowning pools. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw... That's them, right? Uh, bodies hit the floor, yeah. I don't know if you saw it, because my tweets are very current, I tweeted a joke about that song last night. <laughs> yeah, I did see it. I saw no it. No one liked I, it. Did I like it? No, I don't think yeah. so. I, I, it was, I saw it, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not giving him this fucking... That's I'm fine. I think the thing that people don't understand about me, though, is that, like, I... Every 20 minutes, I have a thought like that, and if I tweet it, those are, like, the best versions of it. Like, I'm just always, you know... I was just, for some reason, that song came up, I forget why, in my mind, and I'm like... The guy says, one, nothing wrong with me. Okay, that's fine. You want to tell people there's nothing wrong with you. Then two, nothing wrong with me. I feel like you're kind of, you doth protest too much. Anyway. Um, so. Um, nothing's wrong with me. Nothing's wrong with me. Yeah, something's got to give. Um, anyway. Uh, the, um, it's Augie from the group therapy. Uh, and um, they want to they know from Monk, was he depressed? No, uh, he was not depressed. Um, he, yeah, he doesn't... Well, well no, yeah, Monk says depressed. of course he's depressed, because he's in group therapy. Oh, okay. But Monk yeah, yeah. doesn't think, it, Monk doesn't think he was suicide, he, he committed suicide. Yeah, uh, from some pretty obvious clues that the cops missed, of course, uh, is that there appears to be hair removed from, like, around his wrist arm area, mm-hmm. clearly implying that he was, you know, taped, or, like, you know, tied up in some way, mm-hmm. um... And so, uh, yeah, and st- I mean, that's basically the only thing that leads him to believe that, right? Uh, yeah, which, I mean, is enough. Like, people just don't have tape around their arms on a Tuesday, you know? Um, and uh, Disher's like, oh, he was, this is a you know, serial killer. He's killing people with their fears, you know? He's afraid of heights. Pushed off a building. And Mike's like, no, 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 he wasn't afraid of heights. He's afraid of spiders. And then this is Randy's theory of what this serial killer's into. 
Yeah, he's uh, he's into killing people with the opposite of their fears. So I guess the opposite of a fear would be like something that you are brave about. I, no, I think he means the opposite of whatever your fear is. Like if you're afraid of crowds, Crowning. he would kill you by being alone. I guess I don't know. But he Randy yeah. contends that the opposite of spiders, which Augie was afraid of, is heights. <laughs> yeah, and Disher, I mean, and Stott quickly, quickly fucking just puts him yeah. straight and tells him there's no way that that would be the opposite of a, of a fear of heights, a fear mm-hmm. of spiders. Exactly. Um, and so uh, Monk's like, you know, what are the odds that two people in the same group were killed, So you know, recently enough? And okay, sorry, real quick. Why the fuck did they even make it a point of, like, Stott, like, having allergies? No idea. Okay, I was like, is this going somewhere? I, I mean, I don't mind it, because it's just, it is nice to have a, a detail in one of these episodes that do- isn't involved in the murder. Ah, <laughs> um, uh, sure, I guess. Uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, so we then cut to them talking about the Barber's case, and of course the detective who was on it was like, I don't know, it seemed pretty open and shut to me. But Monk immediately realizes, and this feels like something that you don't need to be Monk to realize, it was in October. She went swimming, and there was no towel. <laughs> yeah, um, but okay. Did, what was it like? Did they did they think it was a murder from get go? No, they, they thought she just go? like was going swimming, hit her heads, hit her heads, hit her head, and then like fell in the pool. Oh, so they found like evidence of her getting hit in the head? No, well, yeah, yeah, yes, they found evidence on her head that she was hit. Um, okay. And so the okay. yeah, it, I wasn't clear about that. But like, if you come on, that's stupid. Like, come on. Um, uh, anyway, um, then you know, Disher's like, well, she wasn't afraid of water. It's the opposite killer. Yeah. Um, and Stott says, "Stop." Put, he puts an end to it. He's just like, "Listen, if that were the case, you would have been murdered by a falling rocket scientist." Which is just great fucking. Joke. Yeah, great joke. And so uh, then they kind of disperse, and Monk says, somebody's killing off my therapy group. And he doesn't say that like, oh no. He says it with a big old smile on his face. Yeah, because he uh, suspects, or he wants to be right about Harold being the, the murderer. Or at the case. very least, he wants Harold to get murdered. I mean. Oh, yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. True. Um, and so, yeah, which is a horrible thought. <laughs> uh, yeah, the man's got kids. Um, but uh, uh, they then... Um, they have the therapy session, you know, then there were three, um, and, uh, Harold's, like, you know, saying to Nevin, you know, your strength, you're a beacon of light, and Rhonda says what we're all thinking, uh, you know, how is it up there in Nevin's butt? Right, but also, Nevin is dressed sharply, he's got a nice, like, Yeah, he is, he is in, Hector Elizondo's probably, you know, 65, 70 years old in this, he is in better shape than I've ever been in my lifetimes, too. He he is uh he's like eighty four now. Yeah, so he was in his he was in the seventies and he's looking freaking cut. Yeah, I know, asshole. No, not asshole. Good for him. I'm not gonna yeah, judge just for, making, just for making me look bad. I'm not. No, that's the thing, man. That's that's where you're wrong. I guess maybe because I'm such a piece of shit in so many ways when it comes to fitness and all things about myself. If I had that attitude, I would just be resentful of every person on planet Earth. <laughs> um, how long? How long do you think? How long do you think you could run a forty in? A forty-yard dash, yeah, six, six to seven probably. I also have terrible form running, just because I never really, I never played any sports competitively to the point where I had to learn how to run properly. Um, but yeah, okay. I don't know. I'm um, like that's actually not like the that's just mechanics. Like this, the thing with me being out of shape is the stamina will be the hard part. Like running a longer distance would be harder for me. Anyway, um, Monk says though he doesn't think it was suicide. He thinks that someone. Uh, tied him up and he thinks that Barbara was murdered too and uh, this is where like you know he's basically telling them his theory which is probably not great to do like they probably don't need to know all this but whatever yeah he he and he also yeah because Ron is like how do you know this like blah 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 and he like kind of says more than he asked to which is that the police haven't re- mm-hmm. revealed all the details yeah just inspiring further paranoia in the crew mm-hmm. and so um, this is when Harold has his theory about who did it yeah, he suggests that it's Monk, um, and the reason that he would do it was because Monk wants Dr. Bell all to himself, so he'd mm-hmm. want to eliminate them each one by one. Mm-hmm. And what better person 
to have committed a murder than somebody who is dedicated mm-hmm. to solving murders, who could cover up all evidence. And mm-hmm. yeah, he basically knows how to uh, do the perfect crime. Mm-hmm. And we do get to see a here's what happened from Harold's perspective, which is very funny. Um, yeah, I love the visualizations of like Monk holding up mm-hmm. that really big dude, Augie, mm-hmm. and like yeah. throwing him off a roof. It was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Monk is kind of, you know, like whatever. But then when he gets home, he was looking in the mirror. He doesn't know. Is he a killer? Yeah, he's uh, he's having some serious, um, what would it be, like Fight Club kind of realization mm. or thoughts. Mm. Uh, yeah, he's looking at himself in the mirror and, you know, he doesn't have an alibi because uh, he was home alone. And Natalie points out that that is an alibi because he was home alone and he's always in his own thoughts and he would be aware if he would have ever murdered somebody. That is correct, yes. But then looks like I black out sometimes, which we really only saw, the main time was with murderous, um... When he agreed to help murderous, remember? You're looking at me like you don't murderous? remember. Murderous? Murderous. Oh, dogs. yeah, yeah, I felt yeah, like, I mean, yeah, I feel yeah. like, you know, true bunkheads know murderous. Um, Sorry, this is my first time watching I'm kidding, it. I'm kidding. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, Natalie's kind of like, no, it wasn't you. Just stop it. And it's like, well, who else in the group? And it's like, is it Harold? But Monk begrudgingly is like, no, it can't be Harold. God wouldn't do that. It would make me too happy. Yeah, uh, they thought, so the last person they, I mean, besides Dr. Bell, has to be Rhonda. Mm -hmm. So they go over to Rhonda's store, which is, she described earlier, she sells medical equipment. Well, she works, she doesn't own the store, she just works at a medical supply store. Yeah, yeah, she works at a medical supply store, Mm -hmm. and so they go, and... Have you ever uh, been to a medical supply store? No? Okay. Um, No. Okay. My insurance usually covers any kind of stuff. I remember that in, this is actually tied back to therapy, in my therapist's old office, uh, it was in the same building as a medical supply store that was on the second floor, which is such a New York thing where you have to like go into a lobby of a building just to a regular store, And but it was like so popping that basically every time I went, I had to spend like a minute waiting for people to get on and off the medical supply store, and it's a pretty bleak place, not gonna lie. Anyway, um, it's closed. It smells like plastic and shit. Yes. Uh, yeah, the one time I had to wear a walking boot, thankfully the podiatrist just had that in office. I didn't need to go to a, a medical supply store. Um, uh, I thought you had to get that custom for your long... Uh, no, long no, you, I had to get it... Uh, wait, did I Did I get a custom? No I, no, I got it there. I think that they had like different sizes and stuff. I mean, they had all the stuff to make it... Oh no, you know what it is? They had to like um, fit the in, inner part, because it's like an outer hard part and then the inner soft part, and they can like just fit that to you in, in real time. Um, that's what I had to do. Because I remember I left there yeah. with the boot on. Um, shouts to the summer of the boot. Um, anyway, so it's Got closed. Yes, exactly. They go inside, and Rhonda is... Um, well, there's, well they first, start, yeah. first, first they notice the smell in there. Mm-hmm. It smells horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, not quite sure if it's the smell of a dead body or something else. Uh, but sure enough, they come across poor Rhonda, mm-hmm. uh, dead on the floor. Um and it appears she died by accidentally mixing ammonium and chlorine. ammonia and bleach, which creates uh, chlorine ammonia. gas. Um, yeah, yeah, you'll die pretty quickly from that. Um, just like a real less than ideal situation. Um, just uh, yeah, this is. I think this is the first time I learned that you shouldn't do that because I was like twelve. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, um, and so clearly it's murder because she's you know a grown adult who's worked here for nine years, like you know. Um, and Monk was like, oh my god, it was me. This is exactly how I would do it. She was killed by cleaning supplies. Which, you know, fair. Uh, but luckily for him, they were used by... They were they were not his brands, as Natalie points they're, out. They were the uh, store like brand. The cheap, yeah, the cheap yeah. store brand version. So, phew, mm-hmm. couldn't have been him. Yeah, that's probably um, something I need to... I definitely have a thing with certain things. Or growing up middle class as I did... There's certain things like m- my brain just won't let me buy the store brand of, which is not good because I'm just wasting money. But like, there's certain like things like oh I can't just get I can't get store brand ketchup I gotta get Heinz you know stuff like that. Um, but uh, I don't know if you have that. Well, no, that's true though. Heinz is good. Hunt's is trash. No, Hunt's, Hunt's is trash. Is trash. But that is objectively true. Uh, that's actually a bad example. Yeah. But I'm trying to think like there's just like generally if I grew up with a brand I'll just always buy that. When it's like, like for example like um like plastic wrap. There's no difference between the well, like sto- stars and star, stars and yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. The closest like, sort of me is a Sea Town, which I think is only an East Coast thing, um, and their brand is Crasdale's, which is really just a 
not a kind of a gross sounding word, so I don't know why they use that. But like, it's really I I, I see it. And it's like, like what you know? You know, thing is plastic bags is one where I get um, like the what's it called the um Ziploc. It's like they're the same fucking thing anyway. Um, but yeah. monk notice everything you can taste is different. Yes, I agree. Um, but we realize, oh, who did we see buying those cleaning supplies? The one na- other named character, uh, Xavier uh, Danko. Donnie Danko's brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he was buying those, and so Monk deduces that clearly he must have realized something. He must have said something in therapy that he regrets, mm-hmm. and as a result, he needs to kill everybody that yeah. was there to hear it. And Natalie, because she's right near a bunch of chlorine gas, passes out. And Monk then drags her into a wheelchair by a window. Um, but then you hear a bang. And Monk goes to investigate. And wouldn't you know it, uh, he gets pistol whipped and he gets put in a trunk. And it's bad enough that he's in a trunk. But who's he there with? He's there with your close personal friend, Harold Crenshaw. Hey, that's fine, man. He, I have sway and influence. He's on city council. Um, yeah. Wait, question. I'm just curious. Like, how would you have felt... If, like, for whatever reason, like, in this episode, like, Natalie died as a result of this. Bad? I don't know. <laughs> um, like, do you, do you think that would be, like, unforgivable? Or would you, like, do would you respect it at all? I wouldn't respect it just because that's it's not that kind of show. I feel like that type of thing. Like, I feel like there's a certain belief that there's, like, I think that there's pe- there's a way that people talk about certain shows where they act like they're more authentic because they're not afraid to kill characters people like off. And I guess, like, that's true, I, I guess, but I just think that the notion that a show's purpose should be to emulate real life is stupid. And, like, th- there would be no good narrative reason to do it here. Like, what would the, the lesson be? Monk shouldn't have investigated that sound, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it, it just feels dumb. Okay. Like, they really have to do a lot of work to... If Monk were to kill off a major character, they'd have to do a lot of work to make it feel justified. Because it's just not that type of show, you know? Right, right. That's why it would have been... And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that there's a lot of people in this age of, like, prestige TV, like, everything's super serious and dour. Where it's like, if a show is not the type of show where they just kill off characters on a random episode, it's not treated like it's serious. I think that that's stupid. But anyway. um, Yeah. So, they're driving, and they're calling out for help. And they're having a dispute about the trunk because they're butting up against each other. Yeah, and it's just like a scene that I'm just like, ugh. I, I was like, fuck, man. I can't believe we have to listen to this for like... Because I knew at this point there was still like 10 minutes left in the episode. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck, man. Yeah. Thankfully, they, we see Natalie call the captain, but thankfully, it kind of, they eventually, you know, kind of come to an understanding where Harold... Is like admits that he's not cured of his claustrophobia, and he kind of is like, you know, why do I care what people think about me? And then Monk admits something, you know, that he he couldn't admit unless he was afraid he was facing death. Yeah, he he admits that basically that he's been looking at this all wrong, right? Or is that no, no? I'm or... talking about what he says. To, the thing he admits about Harold. Oh, that he admires him, mm-hmm. uh, because in spite of like all the things that are wrong with him he's still out in the world you know he doesn't he's not crippled by mm-hmm. his fears he's just like an asshole as a result I mean of his yeah life. the thing is Harold is definitely managing his phobias much better than Monk he has a family and a good job and like is respected in the community like he's definitely doing better than Monk is <laughs> for sure yeah no, no doubt yeah. but at the same time like you he's just, an asshole yeah, he's, I mean, so is Monk, to yeah, be fair. Yeah, I think but. that, like, yeah, I think that Monk is, you know, I think Monk's heart's in the right place more. Um, but anyway. Yes. Uh, then this is where Monk has his breakthrough about looking at things all wrong. Yeah, he, you know, he tries to make the best out of their situation, uh, being stuck in a trunk, being in, and feeling their claustrophobia. And he kind of says that... <clears throat> He thought that it was bad to be in there, but it's actually wherever they're stuck in this particular case, the mm-hmm. trunk of this car, it's saving them from everything that's bad out there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which is a nice way to like look at things. Like germs, snakes, harmonicas, nature, mother, mother's new boyfriend, Xavier Danko. Um, yeah, bees and, bees and blenders. Mm-hmm, exactly. I just love mother's new boyfriend. Um, man, just really great. I'm just so glad that I never had to deal with that emotional minefield. Um, I did. I, I, it wasn't that bad. Okay, that's good. I guess it's... I think now it would be harder, obviously, but I think if it's not... If you start your life off with your mother being single, it's probably not. 
not starting off, but like when you're young, it's probably easier. Um, yeah. Like now, if my parents got divorced and like two years later, my mom had a boyfriend, I'd be like, no, <laughs> no, um, dude. I had that. I went through that when my was like what, twenty two or twenty three. Uh, really? You're okay. Wait, but you, but your parents were not together from earlier before that, right? No, they no. The thing was like they were like okay. Let's yeah. No, they, we don't. Uh, we're not talking about it. We let's move on. Um, no, 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 it's fine, it's real quick Like, yeah, they got, like, uh, they got split up But my mom didn't divorce my dad Because she wanted him to have her medical insurance Which uh, was better She's a so, very good person Yeah. Oh, yeah, my mom was, a, I mean, we had yeah. our issues But she's a great person But yeah, it's, uh, anyways, when I was, like, 22, 23 My mom, like, started with this new guy And they were together for, like, eight, nine years That's uh, nice I always had a good relationship with them I so. remember my, when my mom, my mom's dad died when she was, like, 19 And I remember my grandma, when I was very young like, I apparently, you know, occasionally dated him, and she was in a relatively long-term, like, a couple-year relationship with a guy named Ralph. And, man, did Ralph fucking suck. He would say to all of, like, the kids... Ralphie? All the kids, he would say, um... Are you familiar with the groceries chain A&P, Atlantic and Pacific? It's called Atlantic Pacific, but I think it's only the East Coast because things are dumb. But he always say, hey, uh, you better watch out. I'll sell you kids for a buck at the A&P, which is not a fun thing to say to a five-year-old. Anyway, um... They broke up. Uh, um, but anyway, um, so then we cut to um, them. They're using like a jack that is in the trunk to open up the That's trunk. That's what I was looking for. But just smart. I, I didn't know the word for it. Um, and so they open it up and they see where they are. And uh oh, where are they? Uh, they're right in front of Dr. Bell's house. And understandably. Well, first they wipe each other off. But understandably, they're worried that he's going to try to kill Dr. Bell. Yeah, because then they're totally fucked. I mean, yeah. they already lost Dr. Kroger, mm-hmm. uh, losing Dr. Bell. Like, you know, third time's a charm, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so they break in the door. Yeah. They're there to stop Danko. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they break in the door. They get to Dr. Bell's uh, home office. Mm-hmm. And they find Danko, and they're crying to Dr. Bell, basically, you know... Admitting to all of his crimes. Admitting to very... three murders. Um, yeah. So, so the way it starts, basically, is that he had admitted that he was obsessed with this exotic dancer. And he was so obsessed with her that eventually he killed her mm-hmm. and took the car and her body and dropped it off in the reservoir. And as a result of the drought, mm-hmm. that, in, that information was about to get... Um, I mean, I don't know if he ever revealed in group therapy. It was, a fu- her, it was supposed certainly. to surface. Yeah, it was going to surface at some point. Mm-hmm. So he needed. He went to self-preservation mode, and he needed to kill everybody in that session that would have heard about it. Yeah. And so, I guess it got too much when he got to Dr. Bell's office. That he yeah, he probably... I mean, that. the thing I talk about a lot, which is true, uh, you know, most people who ever commit a murder commit just one murder because it's very emotionally taxing to murder someone. <laughs> it's really hard to murder more than one person. Um, and so, yeah. yeah. And then this is when Monk and Harold sit down and they talk about how they had a breakthrough, um, in, you know, uh, you know, with claustrophobia. And then Xavier interrupts them and says, do you believe in God? And then Harold says, hey, my friend was just talking. Yeah. You know, Harold, uh, they have a new, new, new friendship and he didn't appreciate his friend getting interrupted. And so, yeah, exactly. You know, and that's it. That's nice. I mean, it's it's uh, obviously you understand why they had, they were rivals, but you also do see that they have a lot more in common than they have. A lot, they have more in common with each other than they probably do anyone else in the entire world. So it does, in some sense, make sense that they would be friends, even though you're probably in real life. You're not actually often friends with uh, the people you have the most in common with. Um but um, anyway, I uh, just want to let you know uh, that uh, that is a series wrap on Harold Crenshaw. It's the last time we're going to see Really? Him. Yeah. I mean, there's only so many episodes left. Um, but uh, au revoir, Harry C- Harold Crenshaw. Au revoir. Um, Tim Bagley? Yeah. Series wrap on Tim Bagley. Um, just one of those guys that when you know he's in something, it's going to be a funny scene. You know what I mean? Like, he's uh, just a funny or guy. Or insufferable scene. Sure. I think generally this is his most insufferable character. I also think that I think the Harold Crenshaw stuff is funnier than you do. Um, but, like, yeah, I think he's, like, yeah. very funny, for example. I think he, 
in like the he thinks he's in a couple Judd Apatow movies he's pretty funny in. Um, you know, he's just one of those guys. You know, like those guys who are just like you just can tell by the stuff they're in. Like he's probably just like big in the LA comedy scene. People just know him. You know. Um, I guess. I mean, I think he. I imagine he is because if you look at his credits, he just has like guest spots and like a bunch of sitcoms and stuff. And that's the type of thing that you do where it's like, oh man, we did Groundlings together back in the nineties. You know that type of thing. Um, sure. I don't know if that's actually true, but uh, I also think a lot about guest star casting in television shows. So uh, then we yeah, see the end. You're you're you're, you're well versed in that. Yes, it's almost all I care about. Um, and then we cut to group therapy again, but this time there's no group at all. Yeah, it's just Monk and uh, and Dr. Bell. And what we find out is that basically... I mean, obviously the other people are dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it would have only been Harold in there. But Harold found a new doctor. And he mm-hmm. found a new doctor for the sole purpose of Monk being able to have Dr. Bell to himself. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, a very nice gesture. Mm-hmm. Which is, a, now that I know it's his last appearance, a very uh, nice way to yeah. leave his character. Yeah, I think that this was, even though I don't love, love this episode, I think as its purpose of being like the close of the Harold Crenshaw arc in the show, I think is serves that purpose well. Um, you know, I feel like, uh, cause yeah, the show doesn't, you know, want to just leave, you know, uh, that thing unhandled. Um, so what do you give this yeah. episode out of 10? I actually gave it an 8 out of 10. I give it an 8 out of 10 as well. I think that, like, the, the case is not that interesting, but I think there's a lot of funny stuff in it. And I like, even though it's a little quick, I like that him and Harold come to an understanding because it is kind of like... I don't know. I think because it's his last one and because the dynamic is so obvious that, that the monk hates him because he's a functioning member of society. Like, that. that's, you know... It, I feel like whenever someone's, like, hatred of someone in a TV show or movie is really obvious, if it never gets said out loud, it's like, oh, my God. Like, just say it already. You're a fucking idiot. Like, clearly this is obvious what's going on. So I'm glad that it is vocalized at some point. Um, but anyway, you can follow the show, at Strictly Munkin. Andre Greenfield, follow you. You could follow me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me at the J. Christie. Please rate, review, subscribe, share this with the biggest Monk fan in your life. And uh, tune in next week as we talk about Happy Birthday, Mr. Monk. Ha- uh, let's get monkey, baby. Let's get monkey, baby. Let's get monkey, baby. Let's get monkey, baby.